0: Open up by praying, dear Lord. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Dear Lord, Father, that you give us, dear Lord, Father, to learn more about your will, to learn more about your word, and to learn more about your way. Just pray that today's lesson, dear Lord, Father, might be a lesson, dear Lord, Father, that is um, convicting, challenging, dear Lord, and edifying, edifying unto the body of believers. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Sats that it, um might um, be helpful, dear Lord Father, to all of us. Jesus, now we pray. Amen. 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 Once again, um, today's lesson is entitled "The Father's Love," and it is found in Luke 11 and 13. Um, <clears throat> when Pastor talked to me last week and he said, uh, "I need you to bring a lesson," I was like, man, <laughs> it's always. Um, I always have this um, this challenge to to see what. I need to bring, and of course, I start out by praying and asking um, the Lord, you know, what what can I talk about? And um, the Father's love is something that uh, is uh, near and dear to my heart um, for so many reasons, Um, but um, it's something that is very important for uh, our lives and the lives of of society today. today. Uh, fathers are no longer admired or valued in society today Just turn on the TV Open your phone yeah. Or spend some time on the internet yeah. You will quickly see both men and women Explaining why fathers cannot be trusted mm. Many have valid reasons Why they don't trust them With the scars to prove it But none to remove them from society forever None neighborhoods are ruined, homes are destroyed, and prisons are filled with children who needed but never experienced a father's love.
1: Yeah.
0: If they received it while they were young, it would place them, it would have placed them in a different position. Doctors, lawyers, teachers, or law-abiding citizens would be their names. Mm. Instead, it's shame. What type of love does a father give? It is a question we should ask ourselves. If it is indeed true that we need their love. Fathers are providers, protectors, and peacemakers in their home and communities. They provide for the family by working and bringing the earnings home. It's instilling hard work, in their children, and security in their wives, which creates stability in the house. They protect by setting boundaries and keeping all that would be a threat or harm away. They give peace and order by sacrificing enjoyment and pleasure for the welfare and well-being of the family. Job 1 is an example, and it states, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance was also 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all men in the East. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and curse God in their hearts mm. Thus Did Job continually <clears throat> A father's love <clears throat> If you had the opportunity To see a father's love in action You, will, you probably won't understand it Until you're far far Removed from the house mm. Because it's not Recognized until one is alone With freedom from the father yeah. <laughs> A lot of us can attest to that You are at liberty to do what you want. The father is nowhere in sight and won't know anything unless it is revealed unto him. But somehow his voice echoes in your ear and his character shows up in your mind. You remember the work he did, the sacrifices he he made and the boundaries he set to keep the house in order. Take a look at the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. He had all he needed from his father at home, but he did not recognize it until he had come to the end of himself in a pig pen, preparing to eat with pigs. That's a great picture for us to look at. Mm -hmm. The prodigal son had a wealthy father who took care of his servants and who did well to him and his family. And... When the prodigal son got down and ready to eat with the pigs, he thought about how well the servants, not the family, the servants had it in his house. And when he came to himself, he went back to his father's house. A father's love. Fathers can be seen as evil, because of the burden they put on the children to be better. Or the feeling of rejection and displeasure they have when you haven't given your all. It's grueling, it's painful, it's disheartening to, dis, to disappoint the father because we only want their love and attention. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> Ephesians 6, 4 tells fathers specifically, do not provoke your children to anger. You don't hear the Lord tell that to the mothers, but he tells it specifically to the fathers. Can you remember, for those of you who grew up with your father or had fathers in your lives, can you remember when you disappointed your father? For me, middle school, In middle school, I disappointed my father all the time. (laughs) Especially in sixth grade, I stayed in in trouble to the extent of being one disciplinary action away from being expelled from the school. Whoopings became my middle name, Punishment was my nickname, (laughs) and I soon got my act together and avoided trouble. Eventually, graduating middle school and high school without being sent to the principal or suspended. (laughs) Now, for some of y'all, that's like, that seems like uh, that should be easy all the way through, but not for me. In fact, my father also had to take up for me because they wanted to put me on ADA medication. And my dad said, nope. My son will not be put on that medication. I got something for him at home. (laughs) The medicine was a little bit different at home. But the medicine nonetheless helped me and moved me exactly where I needed to (laughs) be. Years later, after graduating college, my father walked up to me and gave me a hug. And he handed me a yellow piece of paper (laughs) in his hand which said Joshua Jackson caught throwing paper Uh in the classroom. (laughs) I thought to myself here we are 10, 15 years later with a different outcome from my father. One of happiness. He was happy figuratively speaking that his son was lost but now he was found. So happy In fact, that he planned a graduation picnic for me that some of you here attended. The Father's love is unique. I can't tell you or express to you how happy my father must have been taking out that yellow piece of paper out of of wherever he had it hidden. But what it spoke to me is that I am well pleased with what you are doing. Yeah. We can also think of many famous men who were driven to be great by their fathers. And me being someone who loves sports, can talk about several men. One in Michael Jordan. We all look at Michael Jordan as this great basketball figure. Matter of fact, he is pretty much um, lifted up as one of the great, greatest athletes ever just because of his dominance on the court. But if you knew about Michael Jordan before he became MJ, Mm. you knew that he was (coughs) vying, he was begging, he was pleading for his father's attention. Mm. He was pleading for his father's attention because his older brother got his father's attention. And in a story um, that I listened to from his father, his father said the boy just couldn't do nothing. (laughs) He couldn't get it right. And I think One day, he walked into me, and I told him to go get a tool. And he came back with the incorrect tool. And I said, boy, you're no good. Get out of here. You're good for nothing. And from that day forward, Michael strove to get his dad's attention. And thus, we have MJ. And if you watch Michael Jordan, like some of us my age got to watch Michael Jordan, we were able to see Michael Jordan's father standing next to him. After he won championship, after championship, Mm -hmm. after championship. Mm -hmm. The daddy drove him. But the father's love (laughs) is different. Dale Earnhardt said that his grades weren't good. He said that he wasn't a great athlete. And every day his dad would just come home, sit down, and they really wouldn't communicate. And he just really wanted his father's attention. And so he picked up driving, just like his dad. And he did well and he won and he started to notice his dad started to talk to him about driving a car. So he said, oh man, daddy's talking to me. What I need to do to get daddy to talk a little bit more to me, spend a little bit more time with me. And so Dale Earnhardt started winning. Winning so much that his daddy walked in on the garage and said, hey, how did you do? He said, oh, I won. And so. Dale Earnhardt became great because of his father's love. And then lastly, Kobe Bryant. Kobe, um, in the summer of basketball, AAU tournaments, he didn't score one single point. And if you know anything about the late, great basketball player Kobe Bryant is that he was going to score some points. But before he became Kobe, who we all yell when we shoot a shot. He was a young man who couldn't score a point. And after that summer was over, Kobe's father walked up to him and said, son, no matter what you do, I'll be proud of you. And Kobe said that gave him the greatest confidence because he knew that he could fail and his father would still love him. A father's love is different. Then we look at fathers in the Bible. We see Adam. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Adam failed Not only his seeds that weren't even born, he filled all of us. Yeah. And Adam disobeyed God, ate of that tree, yeah. and caused creation to fall. Noah cursed his son, who saw him naked when he was drunk, And I was like, man, how's my daddy going to get mad at me for walking on him when he's drinking drunk? But yet and still, the son did not do right by the father. Should have covered his father up. Abraham loved God so much that he took his son to a mountain to prove that he would kill him. To prove that God deserves to be first place and then Moses. The father walked away and almost got killed by God for neglecting to circumcise his son. Fathers and their love is different. <laughs> but that takes us here into Luke 11 and 13 to to show us or demonstrate to us the difference between our earthly father's love. And our heavenly father's love. It calls us to question. How does God the father love us? What does he expect from us? And how does the father's love. Move us to do. What he has called us to do. I like Jeremiah 29 11 Because it. It, it says it's simple And it says it plain It says For I know the plans I have for you Declares the Lord Plans to prosper you And not to harm you Plans to give you a hope And a future yeah. The Father's love Is big It's bigger than the Surface level things And mm-hmm. and I could think of so many different stories That I, 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 I just know of And um I think one in particular of what my father had told me um, as we were driving back from California, he told me about um, my grandfather. And I'm, I have always been interested in learning more about my grandfather. He had died before I was um, born or died um, right as I was born. And he um, talked about how my grandfather was driving with all of his kids in the back of the truck and they would come from the field from doing work. And, A man was on the freeway, and he was driving really fast, a young college kid, driving on the freeway, and as he was driving, he hit the back of my grandfather's pickup and knocked all of his kids out. My father became unconscious, and my aunt, who was 12 at the time, died in this accident that was caused on the freeway. it said my grandfather, my dad said my grandfather went to him, picked him up because he was the only boy in the group. And he told my father, he said, son, don't cry. He said, you have to be strong for your mom and for your sisters. You can't cry right now. And in that moment, my dad wanted just to buckle. His knees were, were buckling once he figured out that his sister had just died and his sister and him were very close and he buckled and my my grandfather stood him up straight and said, "Don't cry. We gotta be strong for Grandma and our sisters." And I thought to myself, oh, a little back when I heard that, oh no, my my grandfather said, "Let him cry." But that wasn't the moment for his son to cry. That was the moment for the father to demonstrate the love that he would take care of the family no matter how bad the situation would become. And not only that. He also showed his son that there are times when you're going to have to stand and be strong. And it might be very uncomfortable. And in our lives, we too deal with some of these same situations and we feel as if the father does not love us. That we have been in some painful situations and it's just like, God, you are not here with me. You said you love me. And we just want to know, and we just have to know that God loves us. But once again, the Father's love is different. So Luke 11 and 13 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask you? And with that, reading that verse, I just want to talk about three things that we can see. We can see flaws. We see favor. And then we see forgiveness. Here in the first part, it says, if then being evil, we see flaws. The flaws we see are the fathers. The fathers, um, when it says being evil, it. Um, here is basically saying that what the Father sometimes wants isn't going to produce the results that God sometimes wants from us. Yeah. And when we think about evil, we um, and, and our pastor says it a lot, he said it's the rust that is in a car, it's the decay in the tooth. It's not allowing for something that is good to reach its full potential. Yeah. And I read earlier about what God does for us he, in Jeremiah 29, he plans to prosper us and not to harm us and to give us a hope and a future. Give us an expected end. But our fathers, they might want us to, you know, be the best basketball player, be the best football player, be the smartest in the room, be a lawyer, be a doctor. The fathers push you, they drive you. And sometimes to the point of where you just be like, I ain't going to be what they want me to be. I'm going to be something else. And so if then being evil, meaning that what they want from us, they want, they mean good. They want it to be good, but they're not God, the father. And when God does it for us, when he gives us a gift, the gift gives us purpose. The gift moves us, the gift leads us, the gift directs us. The gift allows for us to be used by him. But our fathers, being evil, probably want it for their own pride. Probably want it so that they aren't embarrassed and shame. And there's some good in that. You don't want your kids out there... <laughs> doing things that you have no business doing. And I know for sure that my parents must've been embarrassed uh, with me. (laughs) I mean, my mama loved me, my daddy loved me, but I know for a fact that I must've embarrassed them a lot. But what they did was to push me to be something that they knew would be good for the society, for the community. But what God does for us is for the kingdom And for his glory. And so our parents, they're flawed. And then secondly, we see our parents, even though that they're flawed and evil, they know how to give good gifts. And so they show favor to us. Sometimes we get gifts and we don't deserve them. I know there's been some Christmases where growing up, where I know I didn't deserve some gifts, you know. And not only that, I didn't. Did not deserve some gifts. If um, some of you were like us, uh, my parents allowed for us to open the gift up at twelve o'clock or right before Christmas Day. So you could only open one gift. And my dad would, no doubt, start out by reading about Jesus. He wanted us to know why we opening the gifts, and he'd just be sitting there, just like, man, nobody want to hear this story. <laughs> I just want to hear. What's inside that present? You shaking the present. I know it must be something good. Yeah. And our fathers mean well. Yeah. Our parents mean well. And the favor that they bestow on us, that they give us, allows for us to be happy children. But what God gives us allows for us to be holy children.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And see, how say you know how to give good gifts unto your children. You evil evil know how to give good gifts to your children. Yeah. Now there are people out in this world who, who do things illegally. Mm-hmm. And then they come and bring their children the goods that they got from their illegal activities. And we say, oh, man, my mama, she grinded, man. She got me everything I needed. My daddy, man, he was a hustler. He got me everything I needed. And yet and still, it was evil. But God does not do that. He said that God gives and his blessings add no sorrow. <laughs> Our parents might have given us those gifts And then next thing you know we turn around Our parents are in jail And therefore the gift wasn't good Because they are no longer in the home To support and provide for us But lastly and most importantly What we see is forgiveness It said, shall, it said How much more shall your heavenly father Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him And so now, yes, we don't hear um, the word forgiveness or see the word forgiveness in here. But how can we come to the Father and be accepted by the Father unless we have repented of our sins and asked for forgiveness? And what does he give us? He gives us his spirit. And this is the thing that believers live with each and every day. The spirit of God indwelling them. I've had times where I, 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 I felt like I wasn't doing well enough. It wasn't good enough. And I said, Lord, teach me. Lord, help me. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. And his spirit does the work. The word hits me and it says something to me that encourages me, that drives me, that moves me, or that humbles me to do what God called me to do. His forgiveness is what we need. I mean, if you've ever been forgiven by your father, you know how good it feels. <laughs> you probably deserve the worst whooping in the world. If, you, if you've if you been able to escape a whooping then that you deserve, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I can think about a time where I was outside and I threw a, a rock. It flew in the air, it hit a window, and it shattered and broke the window. And you know who has to pay for that window? My dad had to pay for the window. I deserved a whooping, but boy, I missed that one that day. And thank the Lord for it. (laughs) But here's an even bigger picture. When we disappoint the Father after he has forgiven us, it causes us to work harder to please the Father. And so, yes, I might have been forgiven and missed an opportunity to get the greatest whooping I deserve, But I worked harder to not do or make those mistakes again. And God's forgiveness and his spirit allows for us to live a life that is pleasing to him. And so now we compare these gifts and we compare our fathers and we see that the father or God, the father, is the best and the greatest father we can have. So for those listening and for those who are here, if you haven't had a father or you don't have a father, I introduce you to God, the loving father. He sent his son to die for us who did not deserve to die. Matter of fact, this loving father heard his son's plea, to let the bitter cup pass from him. And the father said no. But he had an obedient son. And the obedient son said, it's not my will, but your will be done. And so the son went to the cross and he hung on the cross. And as he was hanging on the cross, his father turned his back. A loving father. But the loving father turned his back on his son because he had a greater plan. The plan was to save all who would call on his name. And eventually the son was buried in a borrowed tomb and the son rose three days later. And the son, given by the father, is now sitting on the right hand of the father, talking to God for us. And I imagine... I don't know about y'all, but in my mind he tapped the, the father on the leg and he says, Father, forgive him. I died for him. Father, don't don't strike him down today. I died for him. Father, remember all the works I did. Add them to them to them old old wretched men and women. Father, you loved them so much. They didn't understand your plan, but Thank you for sending me to die for him. And the Father's love promoted the peace that we needed. It saved us, it changed us, and it indwelled us to live the life that we are living today. And so, therefore, it is a great need for a Father's love, but it is even greater need for. God, the Father's love. And if you accept his love, or if you have accepted his love, you will experience and you will know exactly what it means to be loved by a Father. Amen.
1: Amen.